Hi, this is Dave Pryor from Projects at Work, and today I'm very happy to have Joanna Rothman uh, here to talk about a number of things, but specifically about personal Kanban. So, Joanna, thank you for taking the time to do the interview today. Well, thank you so much, Dave, for having me. I'm really excited to be speaking with you. I am as well, and I was very excited to read your blog posts about personal Kanban, um, which I'll, I'll explain why in a few minutes. But before we get into that, could you... Just for the folks who might not be familiar with the work that you're, you've done in helping people adopt those types of practices and, and why you're advocating that they might want to try them, could you explain a little bit about the, the new book that you're working on and how Personal Kanban fits with that? Oh, sure. I'm working on a book called Manage Your Job Search. It's available on LeanPub leanpub.com because it's in beta only. And that's the book about how do you find a job? Because a job search is a really complex project and it's overwhelming because your self-esteem is tied up with this and and you're you're always getting rejected or you can't get the interview or you don't know how to iterate on your resume, on networking, on all this stuff. And the way you at least I think the way you can manage your job search is to use personal Kanban because that allows you to break your tasks up into small chunks to work a week at a time and to really look at stuff just a week at a time and then do a little retrospective and say, okay, what did I do last week? And now what can I do next week? And this allows you to just stop, take a look, and breathe through your through your job search because otherwise you're overwhelmed you can say oh my god i can't figure out what i have to do because if you try and say write my resume well writing your resume is really do a first draft get a review and then wait for the review to come back. Well, what are you going to do in between send it out for review and waiting for the review to come back? You want to be doing other things. So you have to break up that particular task into several chunks. And personal Kanban allows you to do that. So uh, you and I go back a long way, Dave, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So you know my idea about inch pebbles. So Inch pebbles are small chunks of work that you uh, that are either done or not done. Right. With personal Kanban, you can write down these small chunks of work, move them into the doing column, and then move them to done, and then it, which is say write resume. So you move that into the doing column when you when you can when you write the first draft of the resume. You move that to done. When you say send it out for review, you can say, oh, who do I want to send this to? And when you can put that in the doing column, you can sit there for a few minutes and think about it. And then you can, and because that's it, doing. You want to sit there and think because you don't want to just send it to everybody you know. You want to think about who do I want to send it to? And then when you thought about it and you said, well, you know, if I'm Johanna and I want to send it to Dave because Dave is going to give me really good comments, but I don't want to send it to Sally and Joe. 
because they're not going to give me such good comments, right? Those are the kinds of things you want to think about. So after I ask you for permission to send it, then I've asked you, I've gotten a, you know, I've sent the request. You said, sure, send it to me. Now I can, I can put that in the done column and go on to my next task, knowing that when it comes back from your review, it's fine, right? I can go off and do other things because that will allow me to put that aside with a clean conscience. It's fine, right? Everything is okay. And that's the beauty of personal Kanban. I can get my small tasks to done and still not be multitasking on these other things. Okay. So I have a I have a friend who when I've talked to him about using this type of approach and trying to go step by step through getting the habits of it down, you know, like you just described, as you commit these different actions, you're moving them from one step to another. So from his perspective, and he's very heavy into lean and removing waste and things like that, he sees those steps as waste unless I am volunteering for practice, is what he calls it, to get down these habits, which I think, from a psychological perspective, what what I want to ask you is if you think this is a significant benefit for people who are out of work or in some type of state of crisis where you need something to do, you have to prove to yourself that you've made some progress. Obviously, the end goal is a job, but anything that you can do is going to help raise your esteem or whatever's going on. Um, Do you think that that move, you know, that slight action of moving something over or crossing it out, does that have a big impact on somebody? Oh, yeah. There's actually research that says people, human beings, um, really like making um, progress. Uh, I don't know how to say her last name. There's a woman called Amabile. Um, Let's see if I can find my bibliography. Um, Teresa Amabile, A-M-A-B-I-L-E, and Stephen Kramer, The Progress Principle, Using Small Wins to Ignite Joy, Engagement, and Creativity at Work. Uh, There's research that actually says we like to finish work in small chunks because we like to make progress. So uh, Personal Kanban says this: we can take advantage of this in Personal Kanban. So anyone that now I'm a I love to make lists. So this really plays into my listing, Um, my listability, whatever it is. So personal Kanban um, plays right into that. And there are a lot of people who don't really like to make lists. So if you don't like to make lists, okay, I can understand that. But the fact that we all like to make progress, if you're human, you'll like to make progress. Sure. So you don't have to like making lists to to like making progress. Okay. And so, right, you don't have to make a big long list. You can make a list that's big enough for today and say, what am I going to do today? And make sure that your trunks are sufficiently small so that you can move them from ready to doing to done. Do you you think that there is or that people should have any concerns about the possibility of getting into the habit of creating lists as almost as a busy action to give themselves some 
false sense of accomplishment if even though all they're doing is making lists? I mean, how would they guard against that? Well, I think the key is that if you find that you're just making lists for the sake of making a list, then step back and say, why am I doing that? Did I actually accomplish anything on this list? Or did I do this list after I finished everything? Now, um, some of us are are, um, the kind of people who say, I actually did something more today, and I want to get credit for it. Yeah. Uh, I I am that kind of a person. So I really, I will do that. But I also really like very small tasks. Okay. So I get great pleasure out of putting something on my list and crossing it out. So, um, but that's me. Because I I feel energized by it, so if it if it doesn't energize you, then don't do it. Okay, so that actually is uh, that echoes something somebody else told me where they we were talking about prioritization, and my big challenge is I, I put everything that I do all day long into my list. So yeah. work activities, personal activities, and part of it is because I really like to move stuff across the board. Yeah. Uh, but I just wonder, you know, how am I spending my time? And it got into this whole thing about how do I prioritize things? And so this person was saying it's about momentum or, or whatever it is that helps incentivize you to keep going. I mean, I'd say there is some value in, in that, absolutely. But how do you decide what's most important to do when you put so- things on your list? Yeah, I look at a combination of things. Have I uh, committed to something, right? Do, and I make commitments to myself, and I make external commitments. So if I have a commitment for an article or for a book or for uh, a deliverable to a client, right, what are my commitments to myself and to other people? And notice that those are commitments to myself and to other people. So, because commitments to myself are real commitments. So, uh, I use a combination of things. I have, I use a Mac. So, I have the reminders on my Mac and I have my calendar. And I take all those inputs and write them on my weekly to do list. Now, if you, uh, you noted at the beginning that, uh, that I had that personal Kanban series. Yep. Take everything for a week and write it on a legal pad because I want everything on paper at the beginning of the week. And that's part of your commitment. That's part of my commitment. Okay. And I have the urgent cue because things happen, right? I'm I'm as much human as anyone else. And uh, the reason I was blogging that particular week is because my mother-in-law was gravely ill and I was concerned that if I did not get everything done that I wanted to get done that week, that I would be interrupted um, because I would have a funeral to go to. Sure. And, you know, sure enough, she she lasted that week, but she did not last the following week. So... um, so it was, it, I was kind of planning ahead for that eventuality. Okay. Um, and it was very good that I did because if I had not planned for that, um, my life would be in shambles. So, it, you know, you cannot always plan for these things, but you can, 
you can sometimes see ahead and say, I know that I have X number of conferences or X number of articles to get done. And when I know I have a lot of articles to get done in a, in a particular week, I might do draft one of this article and then draft one of the second article and draft one of the third article. Now, for me, this is not multitasking because I write the entire first draft of that article and put it aside. Okay. Right, because I, I, want, it, I want to let it sit for a few days and um, percolate. Okay. I, I find that if I write the entire first draft and let it sit, it will be better when I come back to it. I will, I will see things and I will say, Johanna, what were you thinking? <laughs> Whereas if I just write the entire first draft and think that it's a final draft, well, other people say, Johanna, what were you thinking? Um, that's not what I prefer. I would prefer to do my own editing. <laughs> okay. I've sent it along. So I, I, I finish it for some value of finishing, right? So... When I wrote those Kanban posts, I, I think I said something about editing, right? That I, I prefer to do my first, my editing myself. Yeah. So, yeah. So for me, writing an article is draft one, draft two, and draft three. Um, the same thing with putting together a workshop. It's draft one, draft two, and draft three. And and for many things, I I iterate on three drafts. So... Doing a draft one and a draft two and a draft three kind of works for me. Um, back when I was developing, I would do designing and then uh, coding and then testing. If I would like to think I would do test-driven development now, <laughs> um, I don't know if I would be that smart. Let's sure. hope that I would. Uh, but, you know, but... But a lot of a lot of times we do thing we do things in these iterative approaches. So if we take an iterative approach and say, what do I need to get it to done for this for this first iteration of it? Right. And then put it aside. Then that that actually works. Okay. So one of the things that I'm it's sort of in line with what you just explained with the different work and how you break it up. One of the things that I really struggle with is I, I can come up with a list of stuff that I want to do in a day or in a week, but I don't feel like I'm very competent at assessing my capacity. You know, like you just mentioned a situation where you knew there was going to be an interrupt at some point in the near future because you would have to deal with family issues and go to a funeral and things like that. Does do you plan less work into those weeks, knowing that there's going to be this thing happening, or do you just stack in whatever has to get done and kind of grit your teeth and try to figure out how to get it all done in the week? So, so here, well, let me answer it kind of this way: my normal days, and I have some normal days and some abnormal days. My normal days have a two-hour chunk in the morning where I can do about two hours worth of work and about four hours worth of work in the afternoon. Okay. Right? That's my normal day of about six hours of intellectual capacity. 
Okay. Now I work for about eight hours a day, but but I only count about six hours of work. Okay. Right. So that's um, email doing email that doesn't count. <laughs> um, uh, but but I I have to account time for email in my day. So I only count about six hours of work time in my day. That's the first thing. And the second thing is how do I how do I manage that amount of time? So um, when I'm in the zone, I can do about an article in a two hour chunk. Maybe I can do it a little faster. Maybe not. I can do a blog post in about um, a little less than a two hour chunk. Okay. If I'm really fast, I can do two blog posts in a in a two hour chunk. Um, and these are estimates, and sometimes it takes me longer, and sometimes it takes me less time. And what I don't do is kind of freak out about it. So I what I try and do when I when I look at my list, is I try and and just write down everything on my list and try and have everything about the same size. So for me, everything on that list, if you looked at my at my um at my series, I didn't try and say that everything uh, that some things were bigger than other things. But if you looked at at the days some days I got a lot of stuff done. Some days, not as much stuff done. And and if you had looked at my calendar, which I did not share with people, some days I had many phone calls, and some days I had fewer phone calls. So everything was about the same size. So for me, it's all a matter of how much time do I get to keep for my intellectual work. So I just keep rolling. I, I think the key is um, if I can keep working and because I make my tasks really tiny and I, I don't try and do a lot at any one time, I just keep moving. So you said something in there that was really interesting to me. You said, how much time do I get to keep from my intellectual work? Yeah. Which is different than I usually hear people phrase it. People talk about trying to protect their personal time, but it sounds like you're trying to make sure that the other things going on, you know, whether they're intrusions from work or, or distractions from anything else, that you're able to, I guess in the same way, protect the time that you have to sit down and let your brain have at it yeah i mean i have meetings just like everybody else does right it most of my meetings are by phone because i work in my home office right and so and i mean this is a meeting it's a great meeting yeah. but it's a meeting and um i had a meeting this morning and i uh i mean everyone has meetings and the question is how do you manage the time between meetings. Yeah. So I I actually have it so that I can all if as long as I don't just have five minutes. I hate five minutes between meetings. Yeah. But if I have ten minutes between meetings, 
I can do something. Okay. So I'm, I'm just not that good with five in this speech. <laughs> so is it correct to say then that when you think about work in general, there's two types of work. There's work that allows you to flex your intellectual muscles, and then there's the other stuff. Right. Okay. If I have five minutes between meetings, I'm much more likely to check email. But I, I try not to check email more than three or four times a day. Okay. But if, I'm, if I have 10 minutes between meetings or more, I am much more likely to do intellectual work. So is it fair to say then that if you take the idea of prioritizing things that are going to present the most value, that from your perspective, the intellectual work has a higher value, unless you have these, you know, five minute interstitial periods of time, there's a higher value that you place on that. So those things would move higher up in the list. Whereas email meetings and stuff, yeah, that has to happen, but that's not as exciting. Absolutely. Okay. So that that actually is it, it helps me a lot in terms of thinking about work. But you don't I mean I noticed on the list that you posted you only have a couple of things on your list that seem to be of a personal nature. You leave the personal stuff out of your list for the most part? Um I think that that particular week I didn't I didn't have that much stuff. And if you looked on the urgent queue, I think voting was one of them. Yeah, well, that's one of the personal things yeah. that you got up there. You yeah. got that in your eye, and your like a doctor's appointment or something. Um, yeah, I, I realized. Oh my goodness, we have a special election or something. I needed to go vote. So yeah, I got in the car. I voted. I came back, um, and I. Uh, part of me said, oh, not so. it's going to take me 45 minutes, you know, because you, you think it's only going to take 15 minutes to vote. But no, you get yeah. in the car, <laughs> you have to go park. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it took me half an hour. So, but I feel strongly enough about voting that I did. Okay. So I went. But you leave stuff, like you mentioned in the article about, you know, exercise and things like that. Those are not things that you would put into your list of to-dos. For the week. No, because that's just on my calendar. Okay, so that's just stuff that you do. And so yeah, the things that go on to your Kanban list, and I think this would apply whether it's you know just you doing work or somebody applying for a job or whatever, the, the daily things that you have to do or that are part of your normal day-to-day world, you don't need to include those. These are specific things that have to be done that should be called out because if you don't call them out, it's like a, a card in a, on a task board. It's a placeholder for something that has to be done that you don't want to forget that it has to be done. Exactly. Okay. So um, going to the gym, I just do that because otherwise I'm going to get fat. <laughs> we don't want that. Um, but but a specific article or making sure I have to-dos for the hiring book because that's going to print, or um, uh, something for the manager job search, right? I have a developmental editor for that. So she and I are working together, and my new Kanban for for manager job search, that will, I, I will have specific to-dos for that to make sure that I don't forget them. Okay. Right, but that's... Um, and and you saw blog entries now. Yeah. Um, MPD one means write a blog entry for managing product development, right? And CAL one means 
write a blog entry for a created adaptable life. And HPD1, uh, HTP1 means write a blog entry for hiring technical people. That means write something for the blog, Johanna. Okay. Right. And and when I when I crossed it off and then meant two, it meant it meant write another blog entry, Johanna. Okay. Yeah, so it's my own it's my own um, shorthand. Sure. But it's my codpod. Okay, so that's where I wanted to go next because that was when I got to that that part when when you said that to me in the email that you wrote back, that was one of my like. I, I just exhaled at that point. I was like, oh, thank God. Somebody else who feels like, okay, it's good enough. It doesn't matter that it doesn't follow all the rules. It's my own thing. Right. Right. Because as long as I understand what I'm doing, no one else has to understand. I mean, I don't use stickies on a board because I have vertigo and I don't want to stand up every 15 or 20 minutes and move a sticky. Sure. Right. I want to sit down at my desk and say, yes, I finished that. Oh, thank goodness. I'm going to cross that off and say, what's the next thing in priority that I want to do? Okay. So when I was trying to get these habits down, you know, I'm trying to use it also as an opportunity to learn more about lean. And I get to the whole part about how you're supposed to maintain a very... Uh, clean Spartan workspace and I look around my workspace and it, it looks like the tornadoes that were a mile from my house came through my office um, but that's how I work and I stressed out for weeks about that until I saw what you posted about <laughs> your desk being a mess so do you does that not create waste for you or does that not interfere with your productivity or so, is it acceptable waste well I think it's acceptable waste so I have a half clean office. Um, I, the part of my office that's clean is the part where the simulation stuff is and the stuff I need to pack to go away. Okay. So I have bookmarks for my books and stickies and cards and all kinds of stuff for when I pack to go away because that's, I, I want to be able to grab that and pack and go. Yeah. And that, so that stuff is really clean. Right. And then there's the stuff I'm kind of looking at my desk and it's kind of a disaster. Yeah. Um, because a, a client calls or a potential client calls and I grab a pen and I grab a legal pad and I take notes and I take notes and then I write a proposal. And while I wait for them to call me back, I want to leave it here because I, when we discuss the proposal, I want to have my notes and the proposal ready. And sometimes that takes a while. And I'm not always very good about filing that because I'm human. Right. Um, and, and then I have um, something that I wanted to discuss. I, I just bought this really cool thing that, that some of our listeners might, might want there's something called a noteboard that's called, this is a certifiably really great freaking thing. Okay. Um, www.rgft.net, which is a foldout. Um, how big is it? It says it's uh, a 35-inch by 15-inch um 
whiteboard dry erase calendar or whatever it is. Wow. I know. And you could make it be a your carbon own. board. You could you could make it be your own um um personal kanban and i'm going to bring it to bring it when i speak to uh, a networking group about manager job search and this is i'm i'm kind of opening it now so you can probably hear me you can yeah. hear me making noise but on one side it's it's this uh cool kind of octagonally thing and the other side it's plain white I know I just made noise. Sorry. No, it's okay. But, I'm I, I'm looking at the website now, and there's a lot of. I mean, I'm definitely going to order one as soon as I can. Yeah, yeah. I I decided to order two because this way I can bring one with me, and I can still have one at home. Okay. And the nice thing about this is that if you're like me and have lots of little tasks, you can have stickies going all the way down. And you can still move them. And uh, this this is the kind of thing that I think our our listeners would really like. Yeah, that's that's been one of my problems. I found when I was trying to do this that my physical board I'm awesome with, and I have no struggle with that. But as soon as I don't have the big thing to look at, if I try to do it with software, it collapses oh. around my ears. Right. I I don't think software is the right tool for this job. Yeah. And I think that uh, you and I, if you're, and I think you are a lot like me in this way, that we need big physical boards. Yeah. Because um, I have lots of tasks, as you can see, for a week. Yeah. Lots of them. It's nothing for me to have 25 or 30 tasks for a week. And then there's the urgent queue. Right, right. Um, and and I think it's really important to say, I. Uh, we want that number of tasks for a week because if we don't get to the last three or four, that's perfectly fine. It's perfectly fine. But we want, we really want to be able to um, plan for that many because we can never tell what's going to happen. And I, I actually got through most of my um, planned you know, 24 or 30 or whatever it was. And, and it, uh, you know, I think that that's what we want. Yeah. We want to be able to plan for really small tasks and then keep whizzing through them. That's how we get the flow of personal Kanban. Well, you, you also said something else that made me think when you were talking about your workspace and how half of it's clean, because that's where you have like your staging area for getting stuff ready to pack. When you said yeah. that, I started thinking about the fact that, you know, my desk is a mess and there's stacks of stuff that when I'm not on the road, these are the things that I'm supposed to eventually go through. But the things that go in my suitcase when I travel, which is 50% of the time at least on a, in a good month, that is organized down to like pinpoint neatness of every single thing that goes in there. And there is no waste for what goes in my suitcase or almost none. So I'm wondering if for people who travel more often than not, that that working environment that lean wants to be clean is maybe is the suitcase. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about you. When I packed for my two week trip to Europe, it took me, I don't know, 35 minutes. Yeah. I'm the same way. Cause you have a list and you just, everything goes right in. Yeah, I mean, yeah. my my toiletry case is 
I can I can pack for two weeks in no time at all. Um, my suitcase, I can, and it's easy. I'm way under 50 pounds, way under 50 pounds. So, and that includes the bookmarks and the, and the business cards and, and my tools, right? My chime and sickies. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's easy for me to pack a suitcase. Easy. So when I think about, and when, um, when I, contrast that with other people packing for a vacation and they say i'm it's so hard to keep my suitcase under 50 pounds i kind of look at them and say how is this possible <laughs> I, I i can go almost anywhere in the world and stay way under 50 pounds for two weeks yeah. i don't get but you and i travel all the time yeah so so I can actually pick up my suitcase and tell when it's over 50 pounds just by holding it within a pound. <laughs> right. Right. So you and I have a different kind of experience because we travel all the time. Right. And and so w- what we do for traveling is very different. And so the parts of our office that need to be neat and clean are um, are the parts that travel. Yeah. And the parts that um, don't need to be neat and clean are not the parts that travel. Yeah. So I suspect that you and I have um, have that in common. So, and and the parts that that don't need to be um, neat and clean just don't matter. Yeah. Right. And so if you are like me, where where it's a little bit random, or maybe a lot random, <laughs> uh, because because this is the part that um, needs to be kind of available for a client. Um, um, uh, I don't know. I don't even know what to call it. Uh, but but when clients call, I need to be able to pick up a pen and pick up a pad of paper and and kind of go through my archaeological dig over here. Um, I don't care. Yeah. And. What I do, I actually have a big uh, plastic tub, and when it, when things get too bad, I just dump everything off the desk. <laughs> well, I do, and I dump everything off the desk into the tub, and then I go through every single piece of paper. Often, I either file or shred. Yeah. And but that takes me, you know, an hour, and I don't have to think about it. Yeah. Cool. Um. So. If let's say that somebody is not familiar with this stuff, and let's say that I mean, obviously they should pick up your book, but for people that are just interested in getting a handle on it, whether it's from a travel perspective or just generally maintaining their own productivity, how do you usually recommend people get started with this? Oh, I think they should pick up Jim Benson's book, Personal Kanban, Mapping okay. Work, Navigating Life. That. I read that book and I thought, oh, this is the right book to read. Yes. I wrote a review of it on, I think, Managing Product Development. Where did I write a review? I don't know. And then I um, I put the review up on Amazon and I maybe Goodreads also. Okay. I don't remember. But it's certainly up on Amazon. So um, that's the book to read. Uh, Jim Benson is the first author. Okay. It's a great book. Um, it's a really easy book to read, and you should do it. 
do not, um, uh, like I say to people, do not do it the way I do it. Do it the way he says first. And then after you are comfortable with it, then modify it. Okay. Because I'm serious. If you, This is always the way with a new tool. First, first do it the way the author says, and then do it so that you can modify it and change it the way you want to. Yeah. But I'm I'm a huge I'm a huge believer in doing it the way people explain it and the way people say to do it, and then you say, "Here's how to do it. Here's how I want to change it." But this is the way agile works, right? Uh, you've heard of Agile Butt. <laughs> yep. <laughs> right. We tried to do Agile, but stand-ups didn't work, so we took those out. We tried to do Agile, but the iterations didn't work, so we took those out. Yeah. We try- and, then, and then Agile doesn't work for us. So instead of saying we tried to do personal Kanban, but it didn't work for us, please do personal Kanban the way Jim Benson says to do it, do it for a month like that, and then it once you get good at it, then if you want to change it, yeah, then then, the rules. then 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 change it. But I've been doing personal Kanban for I don't know four years, five years, six wow. years. Great. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I did. I didn't realize I was doing it until I read his book, and I said, <laughs> oh, "This is what I've been doing." Yeah. I, I would also add that Dan Markovitz's book, A Factory of One, was that had a huge impact on me as well, which I read right after Jim Benson's book. Uh-huh. They're both really strong. Okay. Cool. So you've got some stuff, a lot of stuff going on. People should definitely go and check out your new book, and, and they can help you write it, basically, correct? They're offering yeah. feedback and things? Yeah. The way Lean Pub works is if if you buy the book, um, and it, the well, Lean Pub is so cool because you get to say how much you're going to buy the book for. And then um, I keep updating the book. Right now, um, I have not updated the book in a while because I have a blog post coming on, Created Adaptable Life. You would not believe the amount of aggravation in my life. Um, just in the last six weeks, um, um, my husband had a bad bicycling accident two and a half weeks ago, and I am the primary driver now in our house. He is using a walker. So, wow. Or my poor husband, yes. Yeah, so I am still about a week or two away from updating the book. But soon, soon, <laughs> um, the book is in beta, and I have a developmental editor. So if you are looking for a job, um, please do buy the book. I will be updating the beta soon. And um, it's called Manager Job Search. Okay. It's on LeanPub, leanpub.com. I am. I will be running a real beta this summer where I ask specific people for feedback, and I will be, um, I am hoping to actually finish the beta this summer so that I can put this book to bed, quote-unquote, because um, a book is kind of like software sometimes. It's never done until you sell it. <laughs> but it's released one, and by God, I'm going to finish it. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it's. Um, I'm very excited about this book because I think that it has the possibility to change 
about a lot about how people really look for jobs. Cool. So I'm hoping that it does. All right. So thank you very much. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day and your intellectual capacity to do the interview. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. Cool. Thanks. If you'd like to see Joanna present at an upcoming Agile event, you can check her out at the Agile Conference this summer in Nashville, Tennessee, August 5th to 9th, where she'll be presenting on two different topics, the first of which is called Transparent Decisions, Managing the Project Portfolio, and the second is Agile Teams in Collaboration, What's New About Agile? That's going to be on the Agile Bootcamp stage. She's also going to be holding a problem-solving leadership workshop in Albuquerque, New Mexico, August 18th to 23rd. And for other upcoming events, you can check out her website, jrothman.com, and you'll find a full listing there. Thanks.